This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. So the Hurricanes are in Arizona tonight, play on the campus of Arizona State against the Arizona Coyotes. And then they go to the other end of the spectrum when they take on the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday. Lindsey Brown, she does radio in Vegas. She covers the Western Conference. She is a former uh, standout goaltender in hockey, and she joins us to talk about the Canes' final two stops on this Western swing. How are you, Ms. Brown? I'm doing well. I'm still in recovery mode. I got to attend my first Super Bowl just a few days ago, but finally the calves are no longer sore, so I can finally get back into my goalie stance. So did, did, did you, you so you didn't escape town when the world ascended on Vegas or did they even notice? Oh, well, I, I mean, you could have about six conventions going on at the same time in this town and you wouldn't really cross paths, you know, unless you're going to one of the many blockbuster shows that we have going on. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to be doing an ad for this town anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I was in Radio Row. I was in the belly of, of that particular beast. I was at the game and uh, it was certainly one of the more hectic weeks of my life. And uh, it was just another weekend for Vegas, but we had an unbelievable turnout. I know that the numbers are going to show great things, and I know that we took money from the 49ers and Chiefs fans, <laughs> and that's ultimately the greatest gift that ever could be given this town. All right, let's get, let, let, let's get to the whole reason for this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. The Western Conference last year, when we, got, when, we, when we got right down to it, Vegas ran roughshod. Um, how, do you, how do you view the West right now as Carolina is heading into Arizona. It's it's very precarious, right? It's 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 very different to see Vancouver not just on top of the standings in the Western, at least in the Pacific Division, but with the gap that they've been able to uh, accumulate. And Vegas has had a tough year. I mean, you, you look at, at man games, loss, you look at injuries, there's definitely something to pay for late season runs. I mean, that happens to players when they, they're not able to win that cup. Uh, certainly that's something that the Carolina Hurricanes have been really familiar with a lot. And and that takes its toll. And they've been able to ride a really hot start uh, to their year to kind of yeah. supplement any sort of ups and downs they've gone through. But, you know, Edmonton had such a tough start where, you know, their coach got fired and then they rip off 16 in a row and guess who stopped that streak? The Vegas Gold Knights, <laughs> they're in their head. And then Calgary is selling off every single part that they have after winning the division two years ago because, you know, Gaudreau and Chuck left in free agency. And they're like, yeah, we can still compete. No, they couldn't. And and they're in their rebuild. And then you have L.A., which is probably the most active of, of Pacific Division teams in terms of adding from free agency, trying to expedite their rebuild back into relevance. And then, again, they had such a bad slump that they fired their coach. I mean, there's coaches getting fired left and yeah. right. I haven't really talked about the Central Division where that's been uh, littered up and down. But in terms of the powers that have been, they're certainly still around. But, you know, Colorado has gone through little bouts. So has, has Dallas. Like, nobody's really run away with it. And so it just seems like it's one of those years where everybody's beat up and beating up on each other. Lindsey Brown is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Here's the uh, thing about Colorado. They were just at PNC Arena, and Carolina won the game. Uh, it was the strangest game I've ever seen uh, for a, a bunch of reasons. But I was looking at Colorado's lineup, and as great as they are offensively, and I think they've scored more goals than anybody in the league, uh, thanks to McKinnon and Rantanen mostly, and Kale McCarr, uh, but I was stunned at how absolutely mediocre they were 
after the top line. Uh, Lekkonen with McKinnon and Rantanen, they're awesome. Below them, mm-hmm. it's it's it seems like it's a bunch of uh, players who have been really on other teams' fourth lines over time. Yeah, yeah, and and they're kind of in in a tough spot because once I had the news, you know, a year and a half ago, I don't even know because like time is a social construct. But once we learned that Gabriel Landeskog was as injured as he was it kind of put in my mind this might be a one-and-done amazing team that might not make it back. And they might make me look dumb for all I know. Right. They have some of the most talented players. You know, it's kind of like picking against Patrick Mahomes in a way. It's like, how do you, how do you truly uh, actually make that pick? Because if you look at the numbers, if you look at the skill and everything, but in terms of that top heaviness, we know that scoring goals doesn't necessarily win you games in this league, as, as weird as that sounds especially when it gets to the playoffs. And so when that top line goes and nothing else is producing, they have no Kadri, no Landeskog, Nishushkin's been in and out. Defensemen haven't been as, as stalwart as they have in the past because their defense has never really been about being a big net front presence or hitting you into the boards as you're trying to get into their zone. It's been more about playmaking and yeah. scoring because you have Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram and, and all of that. Like when Eric Johnson left that team, a lot of snarl does too. And so, uh, and they're paying a lot of these guys big money because look at what they do. And so mm-hmm. what, what they're in the danger of is having too many high-end talented players that they can't fill out the rest of their roster. And so you kind of get into Edmonton Oilers land where you might get an easy pass and somebody might fall down in front of you. But otherwise, if you're going up against a team that's top to bottom, more talented or just plays a harder style of game, they're going to buzz them. Let me ask you about Vegas uh, real quick, because you alluded to it, but I want to kind of dig down a little bit before, uh, uh, before we, we move on to one last thing. But the, the Golden Knights got off to this incredible start. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it was. They were whatever and one or oh and one for such a long time. Uh, and then they mm-hmm. obviously went through a dip. Now, Jack Eichel's been hurt for a good portion of, of this season, but they had played plenty of games without him before. So what has yep. been the problem for Vegas? Well, I'll tell you what, the problem for me, cause I haven't been nearly as uh, hockey involved as I have in previous seasons, but when it was before the thick of football and I was watching how this team was playing and it has a whole lot to do, not with Jack Eichel. It has a lot to do with how this team has played defensively and how inconsistent that's been. And that's a commitment level. Like, you guys know that as Canes people. It just There's a standard that's set, and that's a hard demand to meet on a night-by-night basis, yeah. especially when you have such great coaches leading your team. It's, it wears on you. And when you make such a successful run, you can't play the same game you just were in the playoffs because if you were playing that all season, these guys would be dead. And so <laughs> I, I, what they do is you get a little bit away from this this is where I stand defensively. This is the decision I must make. And all of these injuries that have accumulated offensively for them that have ha- had to be supplemented by players like Alex Petrangelo. And when Alex Petrangelo is being asked to do everything, the defensive end starts to suffer. And I don't mean to say that it's all about him, but he plays so many minutes. He's on every situation in special teams, regular season. You want him out there in the final seconds of any period, not just the end of the game, because he's that, he's that good. But when he's all trying to get the puck up all the time, he's trying to join the rush. There's not as much discipline and left in the tank for 
that nut front presence. And so that's what's really plagued them all season long. And the great thing about having a great hockey team and, and people that have been there before is that there's a time in the season where hopefully it switches and everybody locks in. And it took them a long time last year as well through the regular season. So I'm not worried about it yet. But in terms of everybody getting healthy and being able to command that for themselves at the time that they need to, they, they just can't dig themselves too big of a hole where they have to start using some of those reserves because we know you need more for that playoff push. Do they expect the cavalry to come back at some point, some of the injured players to come back? Uh, sure, but yeah, I, what does that mean with this team? <laughs> they have people come back, and then in, in one period they go back out. That's been like eight different goalie injuries. Where they, it's, I don't know why they rush people back. And I, I don't think it's the team. I don't think it's the training staff. I would never do that because I, I was a goalie once. I, too, wanted to be out there and, and playing even if it was at my detriment, even if I was compromised, because that's just what you want to do. And they're playing for money and for keeps. He's at a different level. And so I, I can understand why there's this want to get back in and probably put yourself in a tough position. But at some point you have to say, hey, just sit and we'll circle back and we're going to give you more time than we usually have allotted. And uh, and, and they just haven't, haven't done that on a consistent basis. And Got to remember too. This is an older team, and so these bangs and bruises take a little bit yeah. longer than they would if they were being chopped on thirty or on twenty-three year old legs. At Lindsey so we'll Brown, see. yeah, I mean it's going. <laughs> look, Carolina, these two games back to back are going to be very difficult. Uh, they, yeah. I, I know they might people like fans look past, but players don't. I don't think. Uh, but Carolina probably needs to get these two points tonight. Getting two points out of Vegas. With knowing how much they need two points as well. Uh, mm-hmm. At Lindsey Brown 35 on Twitter, uh, a, as a former athlete, and I, I, I don't mean it, that to be like you're washed up, uh, Lindsey. Uh, but <laughs> oh, good I am. <laughs> uh, the, w- what Caitlin Clark not only is doing, but maybe what she represents uh, in many ways, how do you sum that up? I mean, she's one of the many who carry the torch, push the proverbial boulder uh, to to legitimizing uh, women's sports in a lot of people's minds. I don't know why uh, they're seen as that much different or lesser than we were talking about that record-breaking shot, which was like an unbelievable shot, unbelievable sound. Like this is just like a great six A that goes into the boards. It just it just feels and it sounds right. <laughs> But there, there's something to be said when you know you're witnessing something special. And I think basketball is at the forefront of this for, for women's sports simply because of what, the way the game has changed and, and, and how the three-pointer has really ushered in a bunch of different athletes and ways to win basketball games. And, and with that, she's taken and run with it. Because you, know, you talk about her, you talk about Angel Reese, who's a very different player. You talk about all the talent, even in the WNBA right now, like everybody's had a hand in creating this space and this moment for Caitlin Clark, but for her to do what she's done and to understand like her perspective and purpose, like I don't think playing sports is her purpose in life because I would never reduce any athlete to just what they do as a performer, but she knows what she means to the community. She knows what an example she sets. And, and there's something about that awareness and that ability to perform the way she does Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? 
about 90%, give the money, and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. That's just a role model, and I hate putting that pressure on people, but she she takes that seriously, and uh, she's going to do her part and, and probably a lot more in ushering in a, a different imagination when it comes to the world of sports and and having women included and celebrated within it. So it's just incredible. And I um, I caught the, the clip, uh, my son at soccer practice last night, I caught the clip of her breaking the record, uh, and mm-hmm. it couldn't have been more fitting uh, that like a 27-footer pull-up on the right. run uh, is how she did it. Uh, it is just incredible. I'm like thrilled for her, uh, and it's it is about time. And we've had two different women's soccer leagues. Uh, one mm-hmm. that failed. I think that the NWSL is going co- to continue and grow. Uh, the two sports, other than the individual sports of like um, soccer and rather uh, golf and tennis. The two team sports that have the best chance of really being huge, you know, not just for women, but huge major sports are women's basketball and women's soccer. They have they have the yeah. chance. And, and Adam, I will say, I will say, because I don't have, I don't give a lot of credit to the sport that raised me and, and, and where it's at, because it, there's a lot of problems riddled with hockey and NHL, but the PWHL, this new professional women's league that's been emerging of, of, of what was kind of a traveling uh, exhibition series right. every year. And then the, the PHL, the numbers we're seeing turn up are amazing. And each sport and each athlete has a special way to help break barriers down. And the physicality that they're allowing these women to play with and compete in, I think will do a lot of good for shattering expectations about fragility and what women are. Because we just think, well, you can play, but also don't hurt each other. <laughs> also don't fight. It's like, no, we're full human beings that sometimes say the wrong thing, compete a little bit too hard and, and are here to, to take no prisoners. And so there, there's so much positivity. I'm so enthused of what's transpired in the last like three years, basically since the WNBA and that Atlanta dream team uh, kind of started yeah. their process. It's all been from there. And, and I take my beats from, from those women and, and people like Caitlin Clark, because they're they're It's the most diverse sport. It's the most transferable sport. It's the most successful sport. And uh, they're doing all the right things. Lindsey Brown, at Lindsey Brown 35 on Twitter. I thank you very much. We'll talk to you again very soon. Sounds good, buddy. Have a good one. You too, Lindsey Brown. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu.